Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. and gentlemen i'm your host blake Rafino. this is are you serious sports we hope that you guys are making it a good one we know that we are as well huge show in store for you here tonight we got football talk we got baseball talk we got basketball talk lsu basketball tips off tonight at 7 p.m central standard time against the fighting calipari's of kentucky so we'll preview a little LSU Kentucky basketball here tonight. LSU is a plus ten and a half uh, dog uh, against the Wildcats of Kentucky. Uh, let's see if the let's see if the Fighting Mike uh, Matt McMahon's can pull it off again. Going to be tough. It's always tough to win in Rump Arena. So we'll touch on that to close out the show uh, as we'll be previewing that for the last 10 minutes or so LSU 2022 season recap I'll just give my thoughts I think maybe the five biggest takeaways this season what Brian Kelly was able to accomplish what they're going to be doing in the future Brian Kelly not done in recruiting just yet as we'll touch on a little bit about tonight as LSU probably is going to try to get another or wants to get another interior defensive lineman we'll touch on that and where LSU needs to improve on Carter the Power Bryant joins us at 6.30. As yes, we are a little bit early tonight because we got to go take on the Cats at 7 o'clock. So we're going to move the show up a little bit uh, up a little bit sooner. So looking forward to talking to Carter uh, as well. And LSU baseball, uh, 44 days away until LSU tees off. And the first pitch is on its way as LSU is the number one preseason team in the country. We have not talked a lot of baseball. You, If you've been listening to this show, uh, I am a massive baseball fan and also obviously a massive LSU baseball fan as you got some really big key pieces returning and big additions. You got guys like Dylan Cruz returning, Trey Morgan, Gavin Duga, and others. And you're adding in Tommy Tanks, Paul Skeens, and, and and just a whole laundry list of great young men. Gavin Gidry, 
might be starting at shortstop by the end of the year is over with. So we'll look forward to all of that and talk on all of that if we can compact it here within the hour. So a lot to touch on uh, as it's been a great holiday season, um, a great holiday season, uh, but good to be back on the grind. If you missed it, we kind of launched the show a little bit earlier, but I told you for the last kind of six months, we'll be having some big news uh, and that we do. Uh, we are launching or I am launching along with my co-host Joe DeLeon. We are launching an SEC and college football podcast. We will talk some college basketball and other things as it's relevant, March Madness and others. So we're looking forward to that. So go over to the Rafino and Joe show. It'll be streaming live on Facebook and our new YouTube channel. So go over there and subscribe as well. And you know I'm always going to keep a little bit, a little bit of the LSU flavor in there. So a lot to dot to discuss. Rafino and Joe show, go follow us on Twitter as well. Uh, Andrew Paulsa Martin says Justin Rogers. Yes, if you miss it, 6'3", 335-pound defensive tackle, Justin Rogers from Kentucky ha uh, has entered the transfer portal. Um, go subscribe to the AYS message board, AYSSnetwork.com for more. Uh, Aaron Hornsby says Tigers baseball, ba uh, or Tiger football, baseball, basketball, men and women's looking as the future is very bright. That it is. That it is. You got to give it to him. Aaron Hornsby says, go Tigers. I love it. I love it. Aaron Hornsby again. I don't know. Is Aaron like hopping back and forth from Twitter and I mean from YouTube and Facebook? He says, beat the cats, baby. I love it. I love it. A country granger on YouTube says, pretty dang uh, weekend for Louisiana sports. If I do say so myself, hopefully LSU can get a W tonight. Yeah, it was a great weekend. I mean, the only thing that um, didn't go Louisiana sports way really was the simple nature that the Tampa Bay Bucks won and the Saints are eliminated from the playoff. But you could have, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Future? Question mark, exclamation mark? What, how, you know, who said this? How about right now? That's got to be Zach. Right now! Hey! Show tomorrow! Zach is the guy at the bar that wears jeans and, and, and like an LSU Columbia shirt and says, you know, he doesn't curse. So he's like, golly jeepers, Batman. <laughs> Zach, are you the guy at the bar who screams golly jeepers when it's something bad goes wrong for LSU? That's exactly what I say. Like exact words. How many times a day do you th you think you say uh, 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 cheese and rice instead of Jesus Christ? Mm. I'd I'd go like over under like two. All right, I'm getting you out of here because I'm not I'm not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, Zach is a Christian swear. He definitely don't cuss. Yeah, he doesn't. Jeepers creepers, Batman. Anyway, good to have Zach and Pooh Berry in the, in the studio with us. Uh, Rob Boudreaux says, is Beth Torina uh, on the hot seat? I think she might be a little bit. She's She needs to win. She needs to win. Uh, son of the Mother Mary. Okay. 
is I have two co or two producers that uh, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Big J Cole says good googly moogly. Bad. Oh, Zach has definitely said googly moogly. He probably he probably wakes up when we stretch. He's like oogly moogly. You know. That's probably what Zach does. You got to admit. You got to admit. All right. We do got to get a lot in. We've got a lot to get into here tonight. So everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. So many of you listen to us live on Facebook. Hit the like and share. Share to all those groups. Share to all your own social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, notification bell, all of that good stuff. If you're listening to us on XM Radio or anywhere you listen to podcasts or the TuneIn app, Rate, review, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate you doing that. All right. Uh, I do have some words that I want to say about what happened last night with the Bills and the Bengals, but let's take a quick break, and we'll talk about that uh, after we return. So about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag and our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons. One minute, we return. I don't really know how to transition out of that. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varno & Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you. And then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell me, good friend, Blake Rafino, sit you on by. All right, everybody, do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Uh, just a quick update. So, listen, if you missed it last night, a tragic incident happened in the Bills and Bengals game as Demar Hamlin uh, was trying to or made the tackle, but against T. Higgins, got up, looked like he was okay, then fell back down into a cardiac arrest event. So, um. Look, I, you know, there are a lot of Rudy Poos out here, out there. Skip Bayless is one of them. I'm not going to rip on Skip Bayless. I'm not going to, I don't want to give my breath away to Skip Bayless, who is a freaking Rudy Poo, for saying the game should be played. You know, a lot of other people I saw on Twitter trying to make it political about what happened to Demar Hamlin. Um, Guys, this isn't political. Somebody almost losing their lives in a sporting event should not be political. We've had incidents like this in sports before. Well, it's not really happened in America. 
and it's not necessarily happened in football. In 1998, uh, I forget the gentleman's name, but it happened in, in hockey where a guy got hit in the chest with a puck. And the same incident happened. He fell down, hit his head, went into cardiac arrest. And then three days later, he was back for game seven of the Stanley Cup finals. I, I, I just, the only thing that I pray right now is that DeMar Hamlin is okay. Now, Josh Reed, who covers the Bills, just reported about 15 minutes before we went on the show. He says, I just spoke with DeMar Hamlin's family. DeMar was originally on 100% oxygen and now is down to 50%. The family says that they're hanging in there. He thanked the Bills, and especially, especially the Bills and the Bengals organizations and everyone's continued prayers. So listen, all that matters. The game doesn't matter. Fuck the playoffs. Screw the, Like, even if this is the Super Bowl, you don't play the game. You understand? Someone's life is in there. Now, I've seen someone ha a lot of times have to be resuscitated, you know, or in a cardiac arrest type of event. EMTs need a lot of credit. That young man, unfortunately, could have died on the field. He did not. Thank the good Lord. That is all that matters. Some, I love football more than any human being that I feel like I love it more than just about anybody. Football does not matter when it comes to somebody's life. It just doesn't. So, prayers for DeMar Hamlin and his family. And I hope that he is able to have a very speedy recovery and can get back on the field as well. Uh, Pooh, I brought this up. I'll address it. Dylan Allen says, can you address the BS rumors too? Well, let me just say this. I'm not going to get... So, in reference to the rumors that were circulating around Kayshawn Booty, uh, coaches and others, Brian Kelly addressed this statement. I don't think... So, I, it's of my opinion that nobody in the media nor anybody else has the right... Uh, just opinion has the right or sh well they have the right let me back up they have the right to report what they know and what they got sourced for once the lsu media oh, outside of maybe one did the right thing by letting brian kelly address the rumors guys let's call it what it is you read something off of a off of a snap uh, snapchat thing and then you ran with all of it as it's gospel I blame Barstool. I blame ESPN. I blame a lot of these national medias out here, Brandon Walker and others, with running with something that is so sensitive and mocking in public, in public. I, everybody was talking about it behind closed doors. But going out there with, a non, with, with it being non-sourced and nobody at LSU or remotely confirming what happened is bullshit okay now this is my opinion strictly opinion something happened with Kayshawn Booty on this show last week and I confirmed and why I asked Wilson Alexander this Kayshawn Booty knew after the SEC championship game he had been suspended within a couple of days something happened there the rumors though however does diminish somebody's life I don't know what happened, nor at this exact moment until I have to, I'm the, 
the thing about this is people say, well, it's your journalistic integrity to ask questions. No, you can stop and stop asking questions. Kayshawn Booty got in trouble for a team violation that got confirmed through LSU, and then the situation happened. That's all that matters. So you can run off of something off of snap face or, or click clock or TikTok or whatever it is, that's up to you. But until you see that hit the dotted, like someone that's worth a shit, that's actually reporting it, people not people not denying the allegations doesn't make it true or false. You can base your opinions off of something, but opinions are opinions. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. Is that a Paul's worthy poo? Okay. But it's just the truth. You read something from a kid that generated off an A&M message board. If Cortez Hankton or whoever was in, and I, every, look, let's call it what it is. Whoever was in that stupid little Snapchat piece, Brian Kelly would not allow anyone that was involved in that on the sideline. You know that, and I know that. He's, he's going to play by the rules. Come on. Come on. So, it is what it is. I just will tell you this. You can talk about it in private. What your private conversations are are your private conversations. When you start going out there from a non, from a, you know, people's lives do get ruined by this, okay? Say what you want to say in public, I mean in private. But when you go public with it, understand what you're doing. Like I had a guy today say something to the effect, said something about my son on social media, and then he deleted his whole Twitter account. If you say something about my, twi- my children on Twitter, two things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to get reported. Or number two, I'm going to ask you to meet me in a parking lot somewhere and we're going to throw hands. Guy went too far on Twitter saying something about my children or my child. Under a video of Ben that I posted when he's chanting LSU, LSU. And he says something about a choo-choo train. You can put two and two together. I will knock somebody's block off for my children. Do you understand me? This isn't a game to me. All right. We do have... um, (laughs) Pooh Bear said, (laughs) people don't lick opinions, though. (laughs) God damn it, Pooh. God damn it. How do I even transition after you saying about booty hole licking? Jeez, and peace. I got the nasty. You got one guy. You got one guy in here who can't say the F word. And another guy who's talking about booty hole licking paws. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Uh, Big J Cole. Yeah, you saw that. He said the man disappeared fast on Twitter. He did. You don't talk about my children, brother. This is something you don't. Talk nicely about them. They're, one's three and one's two months old. Calm down. Calm down. All right. So to wrap up this 2022 LSU football season, guys, I, I said this yesterday in the postgame show. I will say it again today. I'm not going to reiterate what I said yesterday, but I think that there's five big keys to this season to look back on. 
I think the, the, the biggest thing as we get started here, the biggest thing and the number one thing for me is replenishing the roster that Brian Kelly did. Guys, your entire secondary outside of one guy really was nothing but transfers. Makai Garner, Jared Bernard Converse, who had an interception yesterday, who had no business, let's call it what it is, in today's society playing in a bowl game. Got the defensive MVP per Brian Kelly on their team. Jay Ward came back and had a good game. Uh, Joe Fouché, Greg Brooks, guys that didn't necessarily have to play were there, and they had a really, really good game. They had a really good season. You know, what's crazy about the transfer portal, when I think about it, guys, Jared Bernard Converse, in my opinion, had one of, if not the biggest play of the season when Alabama was down in the red zone on their first possession and Jared Bernard Converse intercepted Bryce Young in the end zone. That set the tone for the entire game. And as we will talk about in just a minute, LSU takes down Alabama. You had a lot of kids that are from Louisiana that always wanted to play at LSU. A lot of some of them that hit the portal, majority of all of them that are SEC worthy, came back to LSU, played significant snaps, and was able to was able to be very strong contributors to this team. You will do that again next season in 2023 inside the transfer portal. Truth be told, your inside slot receiver, in my opinion, will be Aaron Anderson. He's obviously going to be a transfer. You are in the mix for me. He was a one-time commit to you. Both of your starting outside corners will more than likely be transfer guys. The portal has helped LSU in a way where you're getting back to what you normally do. Guys, you just had 10 wins for the first time since 19. You, you just got back to 10 wins for the first time since 2019, where it was somewhat kind of, of a regular thing where LSU in the past would get to 9, 10, 11 wins in a season. You're getting back to that, which leads me to number two. Guys, Brian Kelly in one year showed that LSU is something to deal with. Right? LSU is going to be a monster that when – and I. People won't like me saying this, but when Les Miles was here, when obviously when Saban was here, when you knew that you were playing LSU, brother, I better strap up my chin strap and I better be locked in because those dudes are going to knock my block off if I'm not. You can hate Les Miles all you want. Was his offense atrocious? Absolutely. But the one thing you always knew is when that LSU uniform got off the bus and those players got off the bus that you were going to play a juggernaut. You're getting back to that. The calls that Brian – guys, LSU was second in the SEC in drops this season. They're one behind Florida. Offensively, at times, you had struggles. You won games. Defensively, at times, you struggled. You won games. Florida comes to a, my mind when I think about struggles you had. A&M, you lost that one. But the coaching job, see, I, I've told our guest Carter Bryant this so many times in our conversations and our producers. Brian, like, I don't worry about Brian Kelly anymore. I, I never really have worried about him. Meaning, it, whatever he does, I'll be honest. Okay, cool. He knows what he's doing. I'm going to let him run the show because there's nothing. This isn't an Orgeron level situation where you got to, you got to manage every time Orgeron hits the microphone 
or Orgeron does anything. Brian Kelly, he's going to be first class. He's going to do exactly what needs to be done. And there are some times when you have a subtraction from your team or your program, a.k.a. Notre Dame, sometimes you don't know what you're missing until it's gone. LSU's been in this situation where you've had Les Miles who made fun of it or said some crazy stuff about Italians. Columbus was an Italian. No shit, Sherlock. Orgeron, who, who talked about beating up people and taking them to the lake and shit like that. Brian Kelly's not going to get himself in that situation. Now, he might make a joke that doesn't land home. He might make a dad joke. He might dance with a five-star recruit. Who gives a flying Rudy Pooh? But as number two goes on, you see what he's building. Number three. I think it's the biggest one, in my opinion. Guys, you took down Alabama. I can't tell you how massive of an accomplishment it is. You haven't beaten Alabama at home since 2010. They were the Goliath that you couldn't get over. They were the girlfriend that you that you thought about when you laid your head on the pillow every night. Brian Kelly says, I'm coming here to beat Nick Saban. Took him one year to LSU. What do you think is going to happen now when his entire offense returns? His entire offense returns. Oh, Blake, what about Kayshawn Booty? Kayshawn Booty was remotely, he might have been your third wide receiver this year. I can make that argument. You don't need it. I I don't mean that in the wrong way, and Carter's going to yell at me at the end of the show, I'm sure. You don't need him. You took down Goliath. Well, Blake, Alabama had a down year. Guys, their down year is 11-2. and Okay? Their down year is 11-2. and When you line up in the first weekend in November next year, they're going to be ready for you because now they know, that fan base knows, that coaching staff knows, and Saban 1,000% knows, there's not a buffoon at the helm. The Pause, Pooh, so don't, don't put in the chat. Major pause in what I'm about to say. Brian Kelly had the biggest nuts that we've seen from a head coach at LSU in a long time when going for two. He trusted a freshman on a corner route in Mason Taylor who had the dropsies earlier in the season. You know, I, I remember a lot of people in this chat talking to me about benching Mason Taylor. What did Brian Kelly do? Guys, patience. He's a freshman. Patience. Patience. He kept preaching it and preaching it and preaching it. The biggest play of your season, the two biggest plays of your season, really, is the corner route in the back of the end zone and Jane Daniels making a big league throw to to get you in a situation to win and then the two-point conversion in the back uh, in the front uh, left or front right pylon he didn't blink loud and wrong we were loud and wrong a lot of people were around wrong that's number 5 it's the biggest game of your season that you did that you won that you were able to overcome. You won the West behind it. You won the West in your first year. Your problem now for people. Number four, if this is what I think is going to happen, and I think it's a high probability it could happen, I don't know if it will happen, but it's a probability. Guys, we might have 100% staff retention from on-field staff. What happens when you have that 
and I had to go and look. Do you know what happens when you historically keep 85 to 90% of your offense and your offensive coaching staff returning? I mean, 19 rings a bell. There's only one coach that was that left. One. You want to know who that is? Jerry Sullivan or whoever whoever you want to place Joe Brady for replacing. There's something to be said. There's something to be said when a group of coaches who historically pick up and move programs, when they want to stay around the coach and they want to win at a particular program. What's crazy is, is Orgeron consistently battled with, now, always battled with, and lost the, lost the engagement in Marcus Freeman becoming the next D.C. at either program. Brian Kelly won over Marcus Freeman more than Ed Orgeron could. The truth about that story is this. Brian Kelly met with Marcus Freeman and didn't let him leave without talking to him multiple times, being around him, going over the going over uh, on the whiteboard, things like that. Orgeron let Panamski handle it. That's the truth. You want to know why you lost Marcus Freeman? It's because Derek Panamski was dealing with shit and not Ed Orgeron, because he wanted Ryan Nielsen. It's the truth. You would go and get Durante Jones. I think Durante Jones did fair when Orgeron let him call his defense. We'll see. Number five, Pooh Bear's right. We were loud and wrong. I was loud and wrong. I didn't think this team would get to not to 10 wins. I thought that their max ceiling was nine. I thought that the ninth win would come in the bowl game. I'm being honest. I did not foresee what they did. I will come on this show when I'm wrong and admit when I'm wrong. I did not see this. Now, did we always come on here, and this is something that is a staple in the offseason we talked about at nauseum. Did I come on this show countless times talking about that LSU had the talent to win the West? Yes. Yes. And here's the truth. I don't care what anybody tells me. They have the talent and the personnel returning and coming in to win it again. You got better at positions by some subtractions. I'm going to let you put those puzzle pieces together. But did you know that Brian Kelly knew and knows what he's been doing the whole time? You know, we freak out when a superstar doesn't get touches. Malik Neighbors was number two in the SEC in receiving yards and number one in the SEC in receptions. How about that? Did you know that? Guys, did y'all know that? Malink Neighbors led the SEC in receptions at 75. Number two behind Jalen Hyatt in receiving yards. They know what they're doing, man. You have talent littered everywhere. It's only going to get bigger. All right, so let's do this. We Let's talk a lot more of LSU football. Uh, break down the season, break down the bowl game with our guest. He's usually with us on Mondays. But obviously, we had the game, the post-game show. <clears throat> Let's go get to uh, Carter, the Power Bryant. Let's talk about our good friends over at Granco, thegranco.com. Use that promo code AYS25 at checkout. 
But let me talk about my good friends over at Synergy Resources. Synergy, R-E-S-L-L-C.net. That's Synergy, R-E-S-L-L-C.net. Hoses, pipes, fittings, they do it all. Get in touch with our good friend Tolly over at Synergy Resources. That's Synergy Resources, or Synergy, R-E-S-L-L-C.net. Let them know that Blake sent you on by. Talk about Grand, let's talk about our good friends over at Grand Co. Carter Bryant, 45 seconds. Comes up next. Guys, I've got to talk to you about our good friends over at Gramco. They are the Delta company based out of the state of Florida. They're founded by college football junkies just like you and I, and I am not sure if you're familiar with Delta 8, but you need to be. Gramco is the absolute leader in this field, and they have phenomenal products that I just need to tell you about. First off is the Wake and Bake coffee that is absolutely spectacular. The gummies are as well as they're the best in the market. So go to thegramco.com right now and use the promo code AYS25. That's thegramco.com, AYS25 promo code to get 25% off of your order. Jump on this fast as it is perfect for holidays, anniversaries, and everyday use. Gramco is hemp-derived and completely legal inside of the state of Louisiana. No medical card is needed, and shipping is very discreet. You must be 21 years older to order. Again, that's thegramco.com. Use that promo code AYS25. We're back. What's this jacket you got you're wearing here? Uh South Dark Shooting Stars, baby. What? Hashtag be a star. That's are are you about. are you going on with Sam, with Simon Cow or something? Are you going to be who wants to be a star? Like what what are we doing here? I mean you no, look I- you look like your talent's gonna be Spirit fingers. <laughs> am, I, am, I, am I accurate with that? Am I close or no? Every time I before I go to bed at night, I, I do a, like a stretch routine. This man said shout out to Joseph Evans. <laughs> just, just. <laughs> that is a deep cut joke. That's a, de- that is, that's that, a good one. That's, that's a good a, The dude literally quit football to go be an uh, American Idol. And how did he do? I I did not. He didn't make that. it through the first cut. Oh God, Joseph. Yeah. I still wish he would have played offensive line. Just to he see. Uh, uh, Carter, him and Fitzgerald West are built to be centers. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I I, I hated that. I don't know why uh, the last coaching staff didn't at least try it, especially considering. Hey, if you don't right you don't remember, he played the entire spring. He played the entire spring at center, and then they brought him Liam Neeson or whatever his name was from Harvard. You know the Harvard grad. I don't remember. No, I, I, I unfortunately remember. But that's a, nothing against Harvard. Nothing against uh, at least Liam played hard, and he played through a lot of you know injuries and all of that. But man, I. But obviously, uh, let's not focus on that. Let's talk about the most dominant win now. Blake, here's a here's a major takeaway from yesterday. I understand Purdue was a skeleton squad, right? I think everybody knows that. They could see that. Yeah. Right. It was a lot of backups. We were I you know, rewatching the game. There were a lot of our guys going at half speed because of how bad they were. It's natural, right? But what was very interesting to me is that we finally dominated a power five team. The one thing that LSU was missing during this season was a dominant win versus a power five team. Now, 
they had some great games versus Florida. They had some great – obviously, the Alabama fourth quarter was some of the best LSU football offensively, you know, we've seen, you know, since 2019. It was, it was mm-hmm. really good. But it is good for the guys in that locker room to feel what a four-quarter bludgeoning of a Power 5 team feels like, especially considering that bludgeoning happened away from Tiger Stadium. So – that gives them the confidence. And a place you will go start your season next year. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I understand it was a dress rehearsal. Obviously, the level of competition made us look like world beaters. But there is something to be said about the confidence of imposing your will on somebody that makes you yourself feel better as a team. Here's a good example of this, right? Um, go to Power Hour SEC. We talk about this all the time. Okay, so let's let's take a look at some of these other teams that had very successful seasons in the SEC. You had Alabama, you had Tennessee, you had Georgia. Right? Those are the three other teams that really had good seasons outside of us. Obviously, the one thing that those teams had was they had some of these games where they had four quarter domination of a Power Five team. The fact that we finally had that and we understood what it was like, like you were saying beforehand, imposing our will, just chalk outlining the other team, that feels great. That feels great as a player. That feels great as a coaching staff. And that more importantly feels great for your quarterback that, you know, you, you, you're able to go out there and just coast by somebody. So hopefully that carries over and we feel a dominant team next year. I'm going to tell you something that you're not going to agree with, but That's fine. deep down you know it's true. The offense looked better because Kayshawn wasn't there. You know it and I know it. Without the having to force the ball down his throat to keep him from pouting on the sidelines, and, and look, there's things that I know about him from Texas A&M that would make you want to cut him. My, the bottom line is not being able to make the right play helped LSU a lot offensively too. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? Strong agreement. Um, oh, and, oh, no, yeah, oh. Strong, strong, strong agreement. I, I, um, I've been, I've been mentally preparing myself for you to disagree with me all day. This is, this is a change of pace here. Okay. Football is not meant to be played by people that have one foot out the door, right? In order to have everybody to play at a high level, mostly everyone has got to be at least 90% locked in. Hmm. Kayshawn obviously was 50-50, looking forward towards the future. You know, Brian Kelly referenced it, that, you know, he was going back and forth on his future throughout the year. Um, And I do agree with this, right? Especially if you look at the percentages earlier in the season where, um, you know, the target percentage of Kayshawn Booty was amongst the lowest in the SEC in terms of actual completion rate. Right. Um, you know, he did have a lot of drops. Some of He them led were, the SEC in drops. Let's call it what it is. He led the SEC in drops. Yeah, and some of them some of them were 100% his fault drops. Some of them were the ball could have been placed a little bit better, but it's still technically a drop. But you sh- if you're, your alpha receiver should not be dropping as many passes as he did early in the season. And that's not me piling on him. Also, before the Florida game actually happened, I am on the record saying that I would like to see the offense with with less Kayshawn because of the chemistry issues. Um, and 
you know, he had the big game versus Florida, and then he had a really, really good football game versus Alabama, and he was locked in in those games. He really was. You could just see, um, you know, his biggest catch in the Alabama game was um, a route that he had to break off over the middle to get a big first down in the red zone, um, and, and that was a sign of someone being very mentally locked in. But, you know, as we got towards the end of the season, you know, you had this amazing Georgia game. It was fantastic versus Georgia, obviously. Um, but, you know, this was a guy, as, as you know, Blake, that, you know, before the season said, hey, this is my, you know, I'm a three and out guy. I'm ready to go to the to the next level. And then to decide that you are going to come back, you know, was very shocking. It was the most shocking comeback decision we probably have ever seen at LSU judging by you know his comments leading into the season now obviously you and i disagree on uh him going in the first round i still think he's going to go in the first round i do no i um, agree with that i the okay. reason no i agree with you i i, I think for me is it, will there be a team that plucks him with the attitude issues yes do right. i think he falls because of it probably where he should be going also, yes. I could see him going top 15. I think he falls out of that because he's too much of a drama case around him at times that I will be honest. I know, And I've told you this, and you know the proof that I have behind this. Okay? I know of front office GMs in the league right now that, re- that will not take him in the first round because he's too much of a head case. Yeah. No, and, and, look. And, and look, that... That's not bashing, Kayshawn. That's just the information that I know. Is he worth a top 15 pick? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Especially if you're someone like, you know, if he went to somewhere like Kansas City where they have a structure in place and they need another receiver. That culture will make sure he doesn't go off the rails. Right. Right. Or if he goes somewhere like Green Bay or something like that where they, you know, the culture is the culture, right? Um, What's very interesting, though— and, and this is where, you know, look, I am not a character judger. That's not what I do. on. I, I get it. I get it. And no, I'm not trying to put you in that situation. No, but- no, no. But, but what I will say is I, I do take into consideration, you know, what I hear and stuff. We hear the same things, obviously. But from day one, right, we're talking about the opening Brian Kelly press conference. We had something with Kayshawn. He wasn't in all, rehab. All the way to now so it started with a weird Kayshawn drama and Carter before he was even here remember the rumors about him going to Bama because NIL right yes I mean it's all it's always been drama always so so the thing is look it's not we're not saying like this or that or whatever it's just it started with something and it ended with something Mm -hmm. and that is you know something that you should take into in, into effect if you are a big Kayshawn fan. Now, I am. I have a huge Kayshawn autograph collection, and I want him to do awesome things. And I still think he, like, like you know, like, not everybody gets a good draft grade from me coming out. Um, that, that played No, are you too hard on draft prospects? No. No, never. Not me. <laughs> I try and look at it like if if – if I'm going to draft you, if I am a GM, I want to make sure that I'm getting a stud in the first round, right? And, you know, I, man, he's, you look at some of the key metrics like early breakout age, domination, um, at, 
at that early age. I mean, that true freshman season towards the end of the year, he was so freaking good at football. And then to start off the way that he did with Jake Peets and Max Johnson and a very disjointed offense, man, that dude can really freaking play. And he's doing this at 18, 19, 20 years old. It was crazy. It, it was truly, truly, truly crazy. So I do think he's going to be a superstar at the NFL level. Um, and I, I don't think he's going to be like Chase or Jets, but I think he's going to be a very, very good football player. So, yeah, I wish him nothing but the best. But I do think – you know, I think Jerry mentioned this in um, in, in, in the comment section a minute ago. You know, I, I do think it's better for both parties that, you know, they, they both move on to the next. I disagree with you on the last part. I don't think he's going to be a superstar until that attitude changes. That's just me. Okay. All right, we've gone 15 minutes. I have not brought up the quarterbacks. Do it. An interesting stat that I that I put out today. I don't know, Carter, if you saw this, but the combined stats from both quarterbacks at LSU that have played significant snaps, meaning obviously Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer, they've combined over the last two games 814 yards, uh, passing yards, 407 yards per game, 67 net rushing yards, uh, six TDs, three interceptions, 54 for 83% completion percentage, that's 65%. Carter, here's the biggest thing, 43 points per game, is that stat line. I thought that Garrett Nussmeyer has really shown that Brian Kelly and Joe Sloan have improved, and he has improved. He has gotten a lot better. I showed you the film today of the interception. Some of the things he's got that's got to get cleaned up because of him not telling the O-line and receivers on the opposite side that he was what he was doing that is going to hurt you a lot of times. Jane Daniels comes back from uh, injury, Still had some moments in film study where he needs to let it rip, but he got a lot better uh, from Georgia until now. I guess when we look at both of these quarterbacks, how did you assess how they played this Saturday or this Monday, yesterday? Yeah, so I rewatched um, you know the game, and I'm not going to do my film study until later this week. I want the you know the focus to 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 be on you know the current you know situation right now with. LSU basketball, right? I know everybody's going to be watching the Kentucky game tonight. So I pushed, you know, the film study back. Um, but I did rewatch the game and, and made notes and all of that. And, man, Garrett Nussmeyer threw a beautiful ball. And one thing I found very interesting was Orlovsky brought up in the, um, the game film is Nuss is such a very quick and compact release. And he has become a faster quarterback he's playing quicker now i watched as many snaps of garrett nussmeyer's high school career and some of his tendencies then bled over to where he is now as an lsu quarterback where he was trying to do all these whirling derbyshire throws right he was trying to be johnny manzel and he was just doing too much mm -hmm. and once he simplified his game after the southern disaster he became a different quarterback and the one thing that tells me, Blake, is it's actually two things. Number one, he's coachable. Number two, he is also willing to still take chances, but more so within the framework of the offense, right? The Malik neighbors dropped. That was an absolute dime when, you know, he looked left and threw right and found the matchup that he wanted. Um, you know, the throw to um, 
Kyron Lacey, when he wasn't out of his break, was really, really, really good. So, obviously, Garrett Nussmeyer was fantastic. Like you mentioned, the fade interception was horrible. So, we were close. We were close to a non-turnover Garrett Nussmeyer. On, on a play that was called a run that he checked out right. of. Right? Yes. Like, it was a mistake that he made by himself. Right. And that's obviously not good, and, and Garrett probably is beating himself up over it. And he should. I mean, he, he played, mm -hmm. you know, that that would have been a step forward in the right direction. It's one thing if you have an interception every now and then, but, you know, you, you would have liked to have seen it be a clean sheet. Um, obviously, Jaden was phenomenal. I mean, there's just no other way around. He was really, really good. Ball placement still could be better, um, but still, you know, the zone read decision was really, really good. Obviously, you know, his overall throwing was better, and it helps that Malik was red hot and that Purdue a few times decided to not guard Malik and give him free releases, which is death. So I think I, I think Jaden was absolutely fantastic, and I'm glad that, you know, Brian Kelly said Jaden's our number one guy, but it's going to be a competition, and he feels all three of the quarterbacks that are returning, along with Ricky Collins coming in, uh, will we'll, we'll, we'll be ready to go for spring, and that excites me. The quick slant from the inside slot is something that they've missed all season with Kayshawn Booty being there. They hit on that a lot. They hit it on it on fourth down. They hit it on it a couple of times. There's one play that Malik got 15 yards on the quick slant. There was nothing they can do in the zone coverage to stop it. Carter, there, there's something brewing with this offense, man. I think when you add, when you subtract, you know, someone that led the country and or led the SEC and drops, like, man, Malik went off. Now, I don't know. So we've had this debate, and I know that me and you have talked about this, and a lot of people have argued me during the season about this, and I know that me and you kind of somewhat agreed. Malik Neighbors is number two in the in the SEC in yard uh, in receiving yards, number one in the SEC in receptions. Right. Yeah, here's what I'll say, Blake. I thought he was very good. I did not think he was special. I, I, I didn't. But, I, Carter, I, even with the stat line that he just put up, even with leading the conference in catches? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's... he's it didn't... He's it, let me ask you. Let me rephrase the question. Did it yeah. look like he did what he did? Uh, not really. It looked like I, it's a very workmanlike effort. And it, it looked like he maybe had 750 receiving yards and 50 catches. Did it not? Yeah, I mean... Let me see. I, I got one of these right here. Yeah, I'm, I'm loading up, baby. I'm putting my money where Look, I'm I knew you were going to do it. I, 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 I knew I you were going to do it. <laughs> I, I, I'm, uh, it's, it's, I, it's an addiction. I highly recommend. I, I give a ton out on my channel, whatever. Uh, but now, I've uh, never got – I only got one. And then you send – by the way, did you see Fletcher Cox had a sack against the Saints last week? Oh, Fle uh, Fletcher's a – Yeah, and monster. you're going to send me a Fletcher Cox card. I, well, look. Well, I sent you – who was the legend I sent you? Uh, number twenty-one. Come on, um, not 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 Taylor. Uh, Jerry Stovall. Yeah, my Jerry. Oh yeah, yeah my you did send me yeah. Stovall. Yeah, my very. You also Jerry. sent yeah. me Booger and Brandon Taylor. I like my Brandon yeah. Taylor card. It's yeah, right Brand BT man. I saw him kill a deer. I saw him holding a. a, a yeah, a, I, I I might have said I might have you know. Well, I, we got to talk about it, me and his conversation off the air. But uh, um, but yes. Yeah, so I love me some elite neighbors, and like I said. Going into this year, I thought he was going to be a very good number two. I did not think year two alpha Malik in a disjointed passing offense would be as great as he was. 
it was truly a phenomenal season for this. Well, let me man. let me interrupt you. Let me ask you this: with what you see, Malik did is it just jointed? Look, because no. Carter, they've had 407 passing yards combined between the two guys the last two games. A am I going crazy and saying that this passing offense might be as more deadly than maybe some anticipated being? Right. Yeah. No, I agree. That's what I'm saying. It's like where they were for the Auburn game and the Arkansas game to where they are now is really, 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 really good. Deep pain, shoot me an Instagram message. We'll we'll get that. We'll get you taken care of. Um. But look, the uh, the truth here is he was way better than I thought he was going to be. I thought he was very good. I really, really did. I thought he was going to be top three on the team in receiving and all that stuff. I just did not think he would be the alpha that he is. And, you know, it's it's crazy, right? You know, you start the season with about as disastrous of a start you can imagine where there's a million – it was, you know, the only game was Florida State LSU, the Sunday night game, and got LeBron tweeting you, hey, keep your head up I and know, all this so stuff. So wild, so wild. And, and it was crazy, you know, and then and then this offseason he meets Odell and he's hanging out with Jalen Ramsey and the Rams and, and all of that. And he just put it all together to have just an amazing season. And it really was great. There, there were a few rough games mixed in there. Obviously, everybody has rough games in the year two of their career. But this guy, the Alabama catch, is a legendary catch. It reminded me a lot of Odell's big catch versus Alabama in 2012, mm -hmm. but we couldn't close the deal. Um, it, it truly was an elite, elite, elite season, and hopefully we see it you know, continue going into next year. Last one, I'll get you out of here because we got the LSU yeah. basketball game in seven. Um, biggest concern on the team next year as of right now, go. Uh, there's a lot, right? Biggest. First, What's your biggest? On the offensive line, trying to mm. figure out if you think – well, it's not offensive line, but I do think, you know, this Lance Hurd thing is very interesting. Um, They're not moving Will Campbell. I, I don't think so either, but what I I would be interested in Zalance at right tackle and Emory Jones playing one of the guard spots. I would be interested. I put Emory and Will at the same spot. They love each other. But right. it'd, be, it'd be like right. Mighty Ducks 2, the Bash Brothers. The Bash Brothers. Put them on the same side. And then you can put I, small I, Charles Taylor as the guy that comes in and is a small Bash Brother. <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You know that's funny. You know it's funny. I don't get it. I'm still that's because he's a small offensive lineman. He's 280 pounds. Okay, I get it now. You said uh, Charles Taylor. I was like uh, Charles Turner. I, I was so Charles excited Turner. for the joke. I bother did misspeak <laughs> his name. I and uh, believe believe it or not, I started a Charles Turner collection. I don't know why. I'm you have an addiction. I, I love. All right. So but, offensive line. But yeah, I I think I think Brian Kelly, if if Zalance heard is it, Brian Kelly, you know this, Blake. Brian Kelly doesn't say that Zalance quote if he doesn't think that that guy really can be a superstar. Well, and he one. doesn't say that if he's not a starting right tackle either. Right. So, I th I think I think that's going to be interesting. I think that's going to be a philosophical decision that LSU is going to want to make. Um, but obviously, you know, the back seven defensively is going to be. You know, massive. They've already, you know, killed it in the portal. I know someone asked about Anthony Lucas earlier. I'd be interested, but 
um because anthony lucas had you know an lsu lean before the a&m well we know what happened there but you know before he went to a&m and i i, I feel better about the defensive line with the portal additions but you, i mean you got to have guys that can guard people on the back mm-hmm. seven that's all i mean that's the name of the game right uh football you know when you play against the elite quarterbacks it, it's almost seven on seven now i mean you know, you, you saw how emotional Brian Kelly got with Converse, right? And how much he he liked him. I mean, I, I mean, mean, yeah, I mean, it's. Hey, I look, I, I I interviewed Jerry Bernard Converse twice. I think once on this show, and me and Matt Trent did it. There's not a better young man. I, I literally looked at Jerry Bernard Converse when we met in person for the first time uh, during the interview. I said, if you say yes, sir, one more time, I swear to God, I'm calling Robert Steeples right now. Don't don't call me, sir. Dude, dude was buttoned up. Listen, I, I let's just say I told him to be there at seven o'clock. He was there at six fifty nine. Like, dude's just buttoned up, dude. He's but that same GM I was talking about earlier. He asked me about Jerry Bernard Converse this morning. I said, let me tell you something, and I told you this off the air. I'll say it on there. I think Jared is a guy that I would draft in the sixth round. There might be a thousand corners better than him. I'm drafting him no matter what. Right, Get just to have him on my man. team. It matters. Well, we had we had a mutual friend uh, that that played at uh, that played at Oklahoma State. That was his teammate, and I've never talked to Jarek. I'd love to talk to him about you know our friend, whatever. But um, but that guy just impressed me. And you lose him. He won us the Alabama game uh, because he played out of his mind. And you know you lose him. You lose Gardner, Joe Fouché. When he played, was a really good football player for us. And all those guys are gone. And I just don't know if every year, and Brian Kelly said this a gazillion times, you can go to the portal and get, you know, all these amazing DBs year after year after year. It's going to be really hard. And the fact that all of those transfer portal DBs hit and some of them exceeded expectations, like Converse, he became a real stud. Um, and he was, I mean, he was all Big 12, but to do it at the SEC level and play your best game versus Alabama versus Bryce Young. Um, that's going to be hard, Blake. It's going to be hard to replace it. But, you know, I trust Steeples and uh, Sherman Wilson and those guys to, to to find, you know, guys like Denver Harris or maybe a few others. And your guy, Zai Alexander. Let's go, Zai. He's coming. Line up. Uh, all right. We'll see you next Monday, buddy. Thank you so you much. Bud. All right. That's Let's Car- beat the Wildcats. Let's go. All right. That's Carter the Power Bryant. Look, we'll end the show with this. We have a minute. <clears throat> um. <clears throat> LSU historically does have some some good success here recently with the Cats against the Cats. Give me the uh, Pooh, get give me the Cat or give me LSU plus ten and a half here tonight. Give me LSU plus ten and a half. I also did put a money line in. My so my money line pick tonight was uh, Alabama. I'm not touching that Mississippi State game. I don't. I, people keep trying to convince me Mississippi State's good. I never thought they were good. I don't know what the um, I don't know what that game's doing right now, but you know, I don't, I don't trust the Mississippi State. Um, they're getting smoked right now. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. I'm glad I didn't put them in my money line. I'm so glad I didn't. They're down twenty two and a half. Bets them right. All right, I want to talk a lot more about LSU baseball. Let's let's kick that out to tomorrow. Let's kick that out to tomorrow. We'll do that tomorrow. Till then, knuckleheads. We'll see y'all soon. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.